Welcome. You are listening to the Evolution Exchange Podcast Nordics, a podcast constructed to enrich our tech community by connecting some of the most successful technical leaders in the Nordics region. I am Christopher Asbridge, and I help connect businesses with talented freelancers, and I will be your host. Today, I'm joined by Emmanuel, a talent partner at a company called Funnel, and Viv, a technical or senior technical recruiter at Ubico, and last but not least, Ari, a recruiter at, focusing on HomeSmart at IKEA. Today, we're going to discuss um, recruitment over turbulent times. Now, before we actually kick off and go into discussion, as always, we'll do a round of introductions. Uh, Emmanuel, why don't you kick us off? <clears throat> sure thing. So, I'm Emmanuel. I, as you said, work as a talent partner at Funnel. I've been here for half a year now. But I've been working with recruitment focused on like tech and especially like these kind of companies for the past five years, I would say. And uh, I mean, something short about me, I'm a big book lover. Yeah, definitely working on Storytell for quite some time. You've got to love the books. Oh, fantastic. And let's go over to Viv. Yeah, so my name is Viv and I'm a senior technical recruiter at Ubico. I've been working here for almost three years, soon be like uh, in February, and I'm like making hires not only in Stockholm, Sweden, but throughout throughout all EMEA and APEC, so like Asia Pacific and Japan, which is fancy with the timing zones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, must definitely take its toll on you there, working the whole planet basically. But okay, and last but not least, Ori, we'll leave it to you. Yes, thank you. My name is Ori, I'm working for IKEA specifically in IKEA HomeSmart. So, but before I also leave in Stockholm, work for TrueCaller, it's a phone app. So mostly I'm focused with a developer's role and uh, almost the take for seven years. <laughs> yes, that's me. Okay, fantastic. Well, again, thank you for three of you for being here. Today, we're going to discuss a quite important topic. What I'm seeing up at the moment in time is recruitment over turbulent times. I trust everyone's seen the news recently. Obviously, being recruiters, we always have our ears to the ground and to see what, what's going on. We've got some large companies getting rid of people. Um, how to be like a bit of a tech shortage, tech recessions, these sort of ways that are flying around at the moment in time. So I reached out to each of you and came back and thought, okay, we'll discuss this and see see what what are your thoughts on it. So Viv, we'll come to you first. And the question that you brought back to me was uh, hiring in competitive space, uh, big brands against small companies or startups, um, alongside the current situation, current situation, worldwide layoffs. Essentially, everything I've just said just reiterated nicely. Um, can you just explain a little bit further for me? Sure. So my main question right now as a technical recruiter, like seeing that the global companies, like, you know, uh, a thousand number of companies, like having layoffs, but mid-sized companies are kind of standing strong. They had some toll beginning of the autumn, but right now they are kind of doing better. But also still a lot of companies, they try not to only like bring new like, you know, new employees, new uh, talents, but retain. And right now, that's the question, like, if they're, you know, always the bigger companies had the more stability, right now, it's not true. You know, they are actually over high, over, over, mm. over there. And, you know, that's why they are laying off people. So, like, does it help, you know, for us, like a smaller size of companies and like how it affects like a thousand number of companies, like, that's my that's my question because like every day I'm checking layoff uh, dot uh, fyi uh, website. That's like no, yeah. who's next? No, who, who's today? You know, mm. like it's like mm. not only startups affected or like smaller private companies, but uh, hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah, and for me, I think uh, when the candidate they are looking for a job, 
right now maybe like assignment is most important for the tech candidate because I've been recruiting for many years in within tech and the most of the candidates they ask me the technology assignment the job itself but then they compare with the brand also because the brand will decide what kind of compensation benefits they're gonna have but for me like if I'm thinking like the candidate right now they're looking for the job they're mostly looking into like stable or like a more financial health company but uh, we do have the same challenge when we even like IKEA, we are looking for the candidate. So it's really like also challenging this tech market. So I think more or less we're facing the same challenge, no matter it's big or like small. Yeah, and, um, I mean, I've gotten the question a lot of times now from candidates, like how, how are your economics? Like, am yes. I gonna be laid off? Am I gonna be laid off if I join you? Basically? How's your company doing? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's the question I hear a lot. Yeah. and. For for a smaller brand, then maybe they're pre-IPO or they're not IPO'd or anything like that, then it's very easy to just talk about the current number and situations. And if you're a bigger company, you can talk about like your previous quarter or your previous year. So you can like actually tell them like this is honest, these are our numbers. And if you can go back to that you're not only like telling them yeah it's it's safe to join us you come here you can also like show them because like even if you as a company say yes come join us it's safe whatever if you're not showing that in action like you're not really building that trust with the candidate so i mean the more transparent you can be about what the situation actually is i think that's like a way to go but honestly, it can depend like quarter to quarter, you know, the success of the company, like, mm-hmm. you know, it's up and downs right now in, in this economy. So like, you know, did it affect you guys? Like, I'm just curious because you both like represent like kind of bigger brand and like, you know, the smaller mid-sized company. Can I ask Emmanuel, are you pre-IPO? Uh, yes, we are so, pre-IPO, like, but, uh, but the story tell that I worked with before they were uh, a public company. Mm-hmm. So like I was just curious how how it's going because Ubico is pre-IPO our, ourselves and like and we just see that a lot of companies and like candidates like for example we work with US a lot of candidates from Twitter right now flowing mm-hmm. to us and like you know we still see that it's not you know like the the, the best are still staying in the companies you know what I mean so like they just like kind of not I'm not telling about Twitter Twitter is like completely different story but other companies on the current situation they just like you know they still go in strong with the best candidates. They retain them even if they don't have the project. So like they still try to keep the best of the best. Yeah, I mean, it's also difficult. What what's best? Like I think that different people fit different like contexts and situations in different ways. So maybe they are a really great fit for one company, but they're not that great company fit for your company or their last company so they could still be Mm. good but i understand what you're saying it's not like all all of a sudden there is is like a flood of we we have so many (laughs) fantastic candidates that we don't know what to do with that's not what the current situation looks like the girl can dream (laughs) yeah 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 but um but, but i have seen like quite a few applicants, but I I mean, since I've only been at Funnel for six months, I don't know exactly what it looked like 
like before this, but I have seen like uh, quite a few people that, especially compared to when like the pandemic hit, that uh, people are a bit less hesitant than they were back then. Like Ari, how did it affect you? Like you know, being yeah. a bigger brand. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm I'm sitting in south part of Sweden, so <laughs> compared with uh, the layoff before, I don't see like we have the. A, a lot of application comes to the south part of Sweden. Maybe they will also first consider like Canada or like uh, Stockholm or like other big city. So that is one part. But uh, as a big company for us, it's also really hard to, how to say, tell people like, okay, we also have this kind of position you can apply. Because if if you talk about IKEA, maybe people will think it's retail company, but we do have plenty of tech job here. And we also have the take up in like Madrid, India, China, and the Marmo event. So that is also my challenge. But uh, after the layoff in South part of Sweden, there's like not too much. <laughs> yeah, and the follow up, like, you know, regarding the, the question I have. So like, you know, what's your thoughts? How like, you know, the smaller mm. brands or like not that famous, you know, on this markets, how can we, you know, bring people and have more awareness about the brand open roles etc because like that's not that we can just post you know that company is doing great you know mm. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah 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 i i have this kind of actually example when i work in true color it's a startup company and we start to doing a lot of like employee branding employer story and then we have this kind of instagram account social media to tell people because our biggest market is in india actually it's not in sweden <laughs> so it's really hard to attract people from sweden and then we start to little by little to tell people and show the videos films so people get to know like okay true color headquarters is stockholm and maybe we can apply so that is how we start this kind of journey but uh, it's really hard because in the beginning uh, all the application came from India because India is our biggest uh, market. Yeah, and th that really touched upon something that's super interesting for this. Like, if it's a business to business or if it's a business to customer brand, because yeah. like a B two C brand gets a lot of things for free that a business to business <laughs> often doesn't. Yeah, because people. Yeah, yeah, automatically yeah, exactly. know more about it and that mm -hmm. helps so much and especially if the company is quite niche you know so for example mm -hmm. ikea everyone knows ikea <laughs> you know like everyone has something one one part of another you know from there but if it's like you know my like cyber security solution like quite a niche amount of people knows about it and again mostly in the u.s because the customers are bigger brands you know so like you know mm -hmm. google and so they use the ubiquis so like that's mean that some employees in Google knows about us, but I mean, we're not that B2C approachable, no. I would say. So like, and that's also like, yeah. you know, the, the struggle that, oh, you have office in Sweden. We, we're founded in Sweden. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're a Swedish company. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, there is like something I see sometimes is like the, the, the kind of either content or the career site or whatever is like a bit generic and it sounds very similar uh, depending like you don't really know that it's a place it's that different from any other place so i think something that smaller brands can really do is like you have often have more time to like talk to everyone in the company to really make it like this is our personality uh, so you can like show 
really, this is who we are a lot better than like the bigger, like Ikea, if you want to talk to everyone there, and find out like what's Ikea. There, you usually can't do it through like talking to certain individuals. There's usually like a persona or guideline that you need to follow instead. Mm. Yes, and uh, I also think like as a startup or like small company, you can take action very quickly and uh, you can also easily to adapt it to the market. And also when you talk to the take market candidate, I mean, it's really good to sell like uh, what kind of tech stack you have. And uh, that is really very, very attractive to them. And being able to sell that there's like very little legacy or very little old systems <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I've got to ask, and I'm going to jump straight in. Just to come back through your question, obviously, alongside current situation, worldwide layoff, what do you believe is triggering that then layoffs? This, this goes Over, to the board here. Like, you know, like, I mean, right now with the current worldwide situation, most of the companies, they overhired, you know, for example, some big startup in Sweden, Barna, so they are bidding in investments. So like, you know, and they were hiring to get the investments, but, you know, calculations was, you know, wrong because like you, you, you pay people salary, you pay people taxes, you pay water offices, et cetera, et cetera. And like, you know, they, they can do the development they need with the smaller amount of people and the number mm-hmm. just was off. So that was one of the reasons I, I'm not saying this, like, you know, 100%, but that's one of the, like, you know, heavy part of the situation. They were overhired, you know, and overpopulated, you know, within the company and projects. It doesn't mean that it's right to do so, you know, to hire people. Mm. And then some people were let go like less than a month working there. So like, you know, not fun at all. But other companies, they do the same mistake that they did in 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 the COVID, beginning of the COVID. So they lay off the talent acquisition teams because like, oh, we're not not now not hiring. And now they like prefer to keep their technical recruiters or like recruiters overall because they understand that we will be hiring in a few months and you know mm-hmm. then nobody from recruitment join us or not that best people because like we already like has this like black mark on us you know like because we fire in the first one we fired that was the mm-hmm. uh, TA teams so right now I think the most important part that sales worldwide are not that great you know due to economic like economical situation and the numbers no, pandemic yeah like through the pandemic it's still going like this so like mostly companies just trying to save money i guess that's one of the reasons that there are so many layoffs right now and i mean something that has been true for almost i want to say 10 years now but it's not really true anymore is that there was like free money from investors if you focused all your efforts on like growing 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 do whatever you want with the money, just grow. And then basically last year, investors went, uh, when are you going to be profitable? We want to see, we want to <laughs> see profits. Uh, so all of a sudden, like you have all of these companies that have worked on the fact that they'll always get more money. Because just used to it. <laughs> they're used to it and they, they get more money because they can use it to grow. But yeah, you know, this is not how it used to work for companies. Companies used to have to show profitability to, to get investment. But yeah, that, that, like, that is an interesting one. Yeah, but oh, no, I'm also sorry. like uh, a little bit positive for the future <laughs> because I think the pandemic also 
speed up the digital transformation. So everything has to be digitally. And then we need more like uh, this kind of person to make it happen. So they still have many places they can go. And I believe there will be more startup company comes. And uh, even like a Spotify, like a very big company right now, they start from like startup. So, I mean, they still have a lot of opportunity for them. Okay, cool. And, uh, we've obviously discussed that quite nicely mm-hmm. and obviously stuff before that. Uh, what were your overall sort of comments there? I know you spoke to Emmanuel and Ori about your, your main question there. Do you have any sort of closing closing statements, closing, th- closing thoughts? But I was just like, you know, curious how different type of companies and size companies and brands you know dealing with this and what's your thoughts because like that's something that um the tendency is going better like you know it seems mm-hmm. that you know that the countries and world are like you know dealing with the problems yeah. that we have right now so i hope that it's like you know the the, the progression is you know op- op- optimistic let me put like this yeah. but uh you know uh the night is dark and full of terrors so probably <laughs> will be curious you know i think that at the end of the situation so uh, i see the tendency for the some bigger bigger accounts and bigger companies to still like lean off people but i have high hopes that you know we just need to survive the winter and out of spring it should bring more um you know more stability but i mean yeah. last four years to prove me wrong so yeah. like we'll see how it goes you know with yeah, all yeah. the comments and etc so <laughs> Um, anyway, I think technical recruitment and technical roles, IT, digitalization, you know, progression, the same as Ari said, you know, like, we will have a lot of a lot of work, like, you know, for that, I'm not worried. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Fantastic. What I'll do, we'll move on to Ari. We'll come to you yeah. for your next question. Now, <clears throat> excuse me, um, you came to me and said, what do you... Um, what do you do to increase candidates' uh, engagements uh, with the brand during the whole recruitment journey? How do we convert brand awareness into real applications? Fantastic question. I think it's relevant to, to everyone here. Um, care to explain a little bit further? Yes, it's, I think it's more related to like employee brand because this is very, not a new topic, but uh, I work with this a lot. And uh, the thing is, when the candidate went into the candidate journey, they will meet different stakeholders, many different. So I would like to, to engage with them as a recruiter. So I don't know if, if you do like anything during the recruitment journey, if you send them some materials to read about or like to, to give some website to check. So how you increase this kind of engagement so we don't lose them. And this is one question. And then the second is like uh, right now, there's many uh, different social media compared with <laughs> the year where I born. Like we only have Facebook, but right now, <laughs> you know, right now they have like TikTok, Snapchat, and the Be Real. So how can we reach out to a different target group and to talk to them? Because some candidates they might not use Instagram, but they use Facebook. So do you have this kind of strategy how you target the group and to reach out to them so that is my question <laughs> if i can jump right away yeah yeah, yeah. like uh, i mean um first of all we are physical product you know so like we have mm-hmm. something we like actually have so for some like you know quite technical role for like solutions architect you know when they need to make uh, or solution engineers when they need to make a technical assignment we actually giving them keys for free like you know just like kind of like hey you will be doing this stuff it takes time Thank you, <laughs> you know, with the physical wow. product. And, you know, 
even if they won't, you know, be higher, they still will mm -hmm. be remembered by Ubico for like, you know, because they will be using YubiKeys or not, but at least they will have something from us. So honestly, like having a physical product, even if mm. it's something small and very like, you know, um, I wouldn't say like it's super expensive, but it's, you know, it's, it, it is like, you know, it's, it's mm. something valuable, quite, you know, average price for YubiKeys is like 50, 60 euros. So like, of course, like, you know, when the candidate has one or two as a gift, that's a good sign for him that, oh, wow. you know, give, given. Uh, additionally, about your targeting groups, I will be honest, like, we need to cover them all because like we don't know where the person is when the person will be um you said um you know like for example uh tiktok snapchat and what was the third one you mentioned be real like the latest one be real yeah it's like the instagram and the instagram social media <laughs> you see, I, have, I haven't heard about it you know so like uh -huh. But, but we do have Instagram channel, we do have a TikTok page, um, and we just make different videos, you know, different, like, or for example, we, we make a video, and then mm -hmm. we're like, this, this clip is like, you know, too energetic, we put it here. This part of the clip, it will be shared here. This is the static picture, it will be like LinkedIn or something like this. So like, you know, you do differ the target audience, mm -hmm. you do try to like, you know, reach out to all of them because you never know where it finds you, yeah. you know, when the, yeah, app, yeah, yeah. the info, info will get you there. And like, I mean, for example, I, I really love IKEA videos. Like, you know, when you like, when you buy a sofa, you need to understand how to, how to literally like, you know, build it in like, you know, <laughs> and how to like literally make it a bed or like, etc. So like, mm -hmm. it's very, it's also very relatable. So like, you know, in mm -hmm. this case, it's, it's kind of easier. I think for you, Emmanuel, mm -hmm. it's a little bit trickier. Because like, you know, this is something you like kind of, you're already working with like targeting and different markets. So, but for us, what we do is like, we give you like the physical touch of mm. the product of what the company mm. is actually doing. And actually during the, you know, waiting period, what I called, you know, if we're waiting for mm. hiring managers to be back from vacation or et cetera, we also have UB quiz, you know, what UB key will fit you. Uh, like, you know, so just like, so they can engage and understand the technology better. Mm, nice one nice really nice and as a product i mean the product is like the bridge between you and also the candidates so they can also use this kind of product okay nice yeah. <laughs> and going back to like inc increasing candidates mm. engagement with with the mm. brand during the journey we do a lot of like micro content to try to answer whatever question someone might have during the process mm. so for example we have created a video series with our CEO and then for each step they get through they get like a different part of that video talking about like the culture what we do want to wow. do moving forward uh, like yeah what what he thinks is important for for being part of funnel and I, I really having some of that like maybe like a c-level manager talk about like mm -hmm. what it is like at the company a bit about the culture and things like that like we have a no commission structure for our sales team at funnel mm. um so we have our uh, chief revenue officer officer james he he talks about like something we call stressless sales so he has mm. like described like why we started doing this no commission model what value we see with it the vision behind it and 
there's some like real strength in having some some higher up person talk about that kind of stuff. Uh, there's like some real strength behind it that mm-hmm. you know that this is some something they think is important. That's nice. Do you do like a bit more, more like the meaning like uh, international recruitment or like uh, more higher like locally for the international candidate? Do you have some specific uh, materials for them because like the living cost and relocation visa it's really complicated. Um, yeah, so I. I usually send like uh, there there are some websites where where mm. there's like cost of living and there's like uh, what salaries look like in Sweden. <laughs> there's like public information. So I mm. I usually tell people like here here you can find out like this is what it costs mm. in Stockholm and this is what like average salaries are in Stockholm for these types of roles. It's like yeah, we can tell you what what kind of salary we would offer, but is that fair in Sweden? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I also strongly recommend because like being new mm-hmm. to Sweden, like not only being like like migrating here myself, mm-hmm. but also for my candidates who are originally from different countries, you know, there is an amazing book which called Swedish Social Guideline. Uh-huh. I love it. I just always, <laughs> and I, I gave it actually to my, a lot of my hiring managers who has like, mm-hmm. you know, coordinates or like teams mm-hmm. in Sweden and being in, in, in the US, like completely different type of management. So like, I, I will, I will share it with you later, but Swedish social guidelines. And I gave it to my like very Swedish friends and they were like, we would never tell you this out loud, <laughs> but like we would be just passive aggressively, like, you know, think about it. But this book like actually gives you a lot of notes and a lot of like, you know, social, as, as I said, guidelines, how to work, how to communicate, how to use the public transport here in Sweden and not talk, stare or sit around the people, you know? And it's just like very easy moments, but it's quite, you know, yeah, it's written in very fun, uh, like it's just more like a comics, I would say, but it gives yeah. you like hints that that's not how it's done here. So like, I, I strongly recommend and give this book to my, you know, relocation uh, candidates. Mm-hmm. Like it's just smoother introduction to the culture of new country, not only new company because it's also stressful. Mm-hmm. So like you know, new country, new rules like weather, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So like mm-hmm. I know it's 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 not part of the you know recruitment itself because like you know yes. I don't want to scare them right away. Yeah. But I mean, uh, I really support Emmanuel with like you know like given this like you know websites and information about salary cost of living mm-hmm. you know understanding of the like salary calculator etc and like some even um newspaper like not newspaper but articles about like li- like from immigrants people who moved here but when the person joined i really gave the book like after first month saying okay so you settled you have an apartment by the way <laughs> this sounds like you will you know just yeah. i'll read it for you and one guy he was like i was so offended that you gave me the book like did i look like wild for you and he, he moved from scotland by the way so he was like did i look wild to you and then he was like but then i read it and i was like oh my god thank you so much you know like i i, I get what you what you did to me like giving me this mm. book because that's why i can understand you know just differences and he was like mm. and now 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 he's grateful and he tells everyone about this book but the first time i was like why would you offend me like do i look wild yeah. to you i don't know how to communicate with people sweden is different so yeah yeah, yeah. Sweden, 
yeah, we we tend to think that we are the most middle of the pack people, but we're actually quite extreme when you look at like data of how we actually are. So yeah, I think some like small things during the recruitment journey can really increase a lot of like, engagement because candidates will also appreciate this kind of information. And uh, it's really hard for them to gather in all the information so we can help them and also get this kind of engagement with them. Hmm. And then you had the question, oh, sorry. Uh, just quickly that, you know, if the candidate is willing and able, mm. we always invite person to the office, you know, mm. not for interview even, but just like, you know, if it's signing the contract or like, hey, before deciding, do you want to see us? Do you want to see mm. us, feel us? And we have Friday FICAS, you know, so like, you know, giving some like, you know, like, you know, fun activities, yeah. like, you know, just give you an impression that's, that's actually what's happening here. <laughs> like, mm. you turn, we will mm. be doing, so like, yeah, yeah more like, you know, also touch with the company sorry yeah. yeah but going to the question like how do we convert brand awareness into real applications um i i think it that's too big of a step actually so there are steps between like awareness and application like if you if you think about the marketing funnel or like yes recruitment marketing funnel like it, there's steps between that's like engagement and all of these other steps. And like, mm. you don't know when it's time for someone to change and you need to be mm. top of mind when that is happening. So like changing mm. company that that can take a year, it can take more. Mm. So, so it's not like a one-off thing where you, now you've created awareness. So now you, you get them to apply. Yeah, it's time. It's, it takes time and you need to do like lots of things. So like what I think everyone in like talent needs to do is, is get closer to the marketing team. They are the mm. experts on, on yeah. this kind of funnel and moving pe people from top funnel to middle funnel to bottom funnel. And like we, we brought in this guy, Martin, and he is a great marketing expert and we have him in our recruitment team. So we were like thinking mm. like, we have good recruiters, but what's the next step? Mm. And, you know, in TA, we yeah. talent acquisition, we're not typically that great at, like, creating content. Uh, I, <laughs> we we talk about a lot of times about ha having these Instagram channels or creating mm. content or writing blogs or whatever. But when it actually comes to doing it, there's always so much else that we focus on, yeah. is my experience at least. So having that marketing person in the team who like understands recruitment and understands marketing that can really prioritize this is like the way to go, I would say. So I think like for the recruitment team with the marketing team together, like we can make it happen. Yeah. Because like I work yeah. a lot of with marketing, mm. like, you know, when we have some idea of promotion, some roles mm. or like, you know, like just new hires, etc. Like, you know, I I'm writing creative briefs for marketing, mm. you know, like giving them, you know, what 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 I would like to why I need it, um, what we have now and what will happen if we do this like campaign or advertisement. And then we sit and discuss like, you know, recent project, we make a drone um, video in of the office. Stockholm because like right now people are still working remotely and some yeah. of them work in different cities but it's also again it's like relating to the candidate mm -hmm. oh I 
what what if I will join this company? Will I be sitting mm -hmm. in chair eating like this cookies, drinking this yes. coffee? <laughs> so like and it, that was like a month's project, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, my drone took seven minutes. Mm -hmm. But the project behind organization, planning, yeah, yeah. preparing the office, like you know, like th that's a project mm -hmm. and it takes time. So like any part of recruitment, you know, it mm -hmm. should I'm very happy, Manuel, that you have all this person, you know, right in your team. But <laughs> I have a lot of meetings, you know. So marketing is like mm. that's one of the best friends. And yeah. uh, you can also, if you sell something, you can still sell throughout the recruitment advertisement. You mm. know, you still promote the product, the company itself through this part. Employer branding and branding is too branded. Yeah, I think employer branding is like everywhere. <laughs> So it's really, really like important right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if you can't bring in the marketing person to your team, mm -hmm. then like you really need to get close to your marketing. Go, go, go there yourself. <laughs> yeah, I, I will yeah, do exactly. that. <laughs> it's one of the things. One of them things, really. Just, just interject there is where you, you go on LinkedIn and you, you see people trying to do it on LinkedIn all the time, like. I think sometimes as marketers or recruiters, you you got to try and stand out as best as possible to to show the um, organization in the best light. But you've also got to be careful not to make it shine too brightly in the sense where you might oversell it. It's it's such a difficult one to. Yeah, like, it's a balance. Yeah, yeah, it, it is a balance. And I've mm -hmm. I've seen stuff over over the last two years on LinkedIn, and when I just look at it, like, is that really the right representation of that organization? I don't know. But who am I to judge? But I think it is a quite an important thing, especially at the moment of time where there's been a lot, there's a lot of layoffs. People are looking for new positions uh, and thinking, okay, what, what's happening? What, what's coming next? Um, but yeah, um, Ari, do you have any sort of closing factors? And uh, obviously, this this is your question. You spoke to Viv and Emmanuel. What, what are your closing thoughts? I think it's dependent on companies and also the product or like your business. And then we can do some like small things to get more engaged with the candidate during their journey. And from the candidate perspective, I think we need to take care of them and to really think what they need in this journey. Especially right now, I think the tech market is more like international. So meaning mobility <laughs> happening like uh, people from this country to that country. So try our best to take care of them. And also to convert the brand awareness to the real application, it's a long journey, and uh, we need to co collaborate with different stakeholders, like uh, marketing people. So make it happen. It will be easier our job. <laughs> okay, fantastic. Well, leaving the last question to Emmanuel. Um, right, you came to me and said to this question: Do you think it's be more common for tech candidates to want or look for? A collective agreement moving forward. Basically, will talent, um, tech talent, unionize or not? This 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 question really caught my eye. So I'm quite interested to hear more, especially your thoughts on this and why you brought it to the table. Yeah. So, like a lot of the time for for the kind of Swedish uh, tech companies, uh, they don't have these uh, collective agreements at the moment. But traditionally in Sweden, that's something that's very common, and I think like the market that we have been in for tech talent has made it so that it's not necessary because you'll get really good offers because of the competition. Like you need to have good salaries, you need to have good whatever, like other benefits and things like that to be able to attract these candidates or even make them join you. 
so you ha there has been no real need from the candidates to band together and or employees either to band together and get this because the market has been so like hot mm. uh so now that the market is not as hot I i'm not sure about this question mm. i don't know either way mm. uh <laughs> but do you think this basically will happen or do you think they will continue going on like they have i think the situation will change it will be better i hope <laughs> but uh, <laughs> if we talk about talking about the collective agreement the, the thing is for most international candidates they move to sweden they don't even know what is a collective and how this collective agreement can impact their work because when people move to Sweden, the first thing they thought is like work permit. They want to stay here and also to contribute to this country. So that is how to tell like the work permit. Maybe it's like the first thing they need to consider. They, they might never heard about like a collective agreement, a council, like a union. So for the HR, like HR generally as well, like um, other people, maybe we need to tell them like what the difference and what you should to know, have to know in Sweden if you're working here. So that is something like it just popped up in my mind. <laughs> so right now, a lot of companies, it doesn't have the collective uh, the collective agreement. Uh, first of all, because smaller companies, I think that, you know, there, there was some, an article that it makes sense if the company is 300 plus, and like most of the startups and companies, they are less than 300. So like, you know, there's even not an internal person who can cover, you know, this transition to the collective octal, this collective agreement but also important part that you know in sweden for example we have like um um wellness benefit drug. so like, i think the standard is like three thousand crowns um a year and like uh limit uh which was uh added by skatriverket by the uh, tax agency is like five thousand crowns so like a lot of countries, uh, sorry, a lot of companies go with 5,000 because like, yeah, that's the better benefit for our employees. But collective of tal, it won't guarantee this. It will guarantee just mm. three is a minimum. So like, you know, a lot of companies, they just don't see the need in this collective agreement because collective agreement, sorry, I'm saying it in Swedish. Um, because like, there is no no need in this. They have already good cover. And again, um what does collective agreement uh, guarantee except for like base salary and like employment but then if you're part of ACASA or union and you still have additional support which is basically given by collective aftal uh, collective agreement and additionally like a lot of companies like startup ish companies pre ipo they have stock options which collective agreement won't cover uh, at all like that's not mm -hmm kind of job as far as i know again i've been living here just for four years maybe i don't know something but in my experience so a lot of companies see this as a more headache than help and support mm. for employees and like again i i understand collective agreement when the company such as like ericsson or like maybe ikea i'm not sure if you have it um because it's a lot of people and like it's easy to miss something or again the salary um mm. level may differ uh, person to person if it's like thousands mm. of them but mm. if it's like less than 300 people mm. where is the need if everything is like still pretty clear and mm. you know yeah. access, internal accesses are still easy yeah we do have the collective agreement and idea but when i work for true color it's a startup so we don't have this kind of a collective agreement but when i look for a job 
actually, I didn't uh, prioritize this as a top. So I skipped the, the job itself first, like the assignment, what I gonna do if that is the international global position, so I can reach out to many people. And then I consider, okay, where the location and uh, is that okay, legal to work in this country or like work for me, this kind of stuff. And then I start to think about what is the compensation benefits and then it comes to the collective agreement. But uh, for it's nice to have many company because that is the guaranteeing and uh, it makes you feel safe, but then it's not like 100% safe yet. So, right. So I, I think uh, it's good to have, but uh, when you decided what kind of career path you want to be uh, assignment or the job itself is much more important when you plan your like career. A lot of candidates who are joining our company, we don't have collective of thought, but we follow all the recommendations about the pension, parental leave, etc. So we like do the same, we're just not part of, of this. And everyone is like, oh, okay, sure. Like, you know, do you have, no, fine. Like it doesn't change their mind at all. Um, but I think for older generation, it's still very valuable. I've been working in Ericsson before and, you know, Ericsson and startup, you know, there's a difference. <laughs> In Ericsson, it was a very main question for a lot of like older and more mature um, candidates. Do are you part? And obviously, yes. But like maybe Emmanuel, maybe you can share. What do you think? What's the the best benefit of collective agreement from your mm -hmm. point of view, from recruitment mm -hmm. point of view? Like because stability, like in this economy. <laughs> you know? mm. No, but like I just. I found it interesting that so few have it. That that's basically what, as you said, like most companies, they they offer the same kind of benefits, but they just don't have the collective agreement. Mm. And I have seen some, like on on these the anonymous uh, recruitment website where you don't know the person, but you know like what they're looking for. Uh, there, I've seen a couple of people. Uh, now that has that as something that they're looking for, which kind of popped in the question, like, is that something that is new uh, that people will start looking for it? Um, because, yeah, of course, if you still have the kind of benefits right now, uh, then it's it makes no difference. But for like future benefits or future getting things together with other colleagues uh, from the company like other benefits if the market is not as hot then maybe you need to band together to get those mm. kind of things so that's um, i don't know <laughs> yeah i think it, it's better to have this kind of agreement but it's also depends on your size and many like very practical uh, stuff you need to match the, the the requirement so you can you can have the collective agreement but compare with this one the company's culture and value is much more important because so, you work with the, the the people every day and the, how the company take care of you and how they care about you. So that is much more important in your daily work. So that is why when I choose the company, I would like to have really like good working culture and uh, the company has really good value so I can contribute. And you still can be, even if your company doesn't have mm -hmm. a collective of value, you can still have ACASA and be part of yeah. unions. And they actually sure. provide 
very similar like support in in other cases like if your company already covered the same benefits as collective agreement uh, provide you just join you know Akasa and you're kind of good to go yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Akasa, sure. you know uh, Christopher do yes. you know what Akasa in Sweden means uh, sorry Akasa in Sweden means <laughs> it sounds Spanish uh, yeah, so I no no, like uh, Akasa just means that you know you have like um, if you will be like laid off or uh, you will you lose your job, you can have like some payments for some time. You know, like yeah. you have you have, like up to eighty percent of your salary covered, also up yes. to some limit. But it's like you know financial help while you're looking yeah. for a job. Yeah, but uh, not everyone knows that in Sweden we have this kind of Akasa, but because you need to pay it before like a six month or something, then it will start to uh, affect your employment but uh, that is something like we should tell the candidate when they move to Sweden especially from other country Akansan union there's different uh, things so they need to know yeah and especially right now after Akasa changed it because before it was you need to pay for a year and mm. after COVID they switched it to half a year yeah. so. yes yes mm. yes okay fantastic uh, Manuel, obviously this, this was your question do you have any sort of closing factors here uh, I think it sounds more like uh, small companies will, will still not have it and big companies will still have it. <laughs> Short and sweet, you know. <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's the way it goes sometimes, isn't it? Um, mm. Okay, okay. Well, three of you, we'll leave it there. This has been another exchange, uh, Evolution Exchange podcast. I want to take this opportunity to thank Emmanuel, Viv, and um, Ari. Thank you so much for joining today. I really do appreciate your time here. Um, and again, thank you all for listening. Take care and I'll see you next time.